The sun is shining in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hello again, everybody. This is Harry Carey. That's the most asinine marketing I've ever heard of. Live. Bryant sends one to deep left. Way back. It is gone. A three-run homer. In the entertainment capital of the world. Didn't matter what the count was. It's the T.C. Martin Show. to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Oh, my goodness. That's the longest home run to center field we have seen in this ballpark. T.C. Martin. Way back in my feet. It could be. Cubs win. Cubs win. Cubs win. Holy cow. Look at the left fielder. He has the ball in the end. He has that one. And here comes the Cubs out on the field. is now in middle of the work week hump day it is a wednesday and major league baseball postseason in full swing yes we've got game twos are there gonna be some sweeps best two out of three? Oh yeah one is on the verge right now how about a nice sunny day as harry carey says in our open there huh nice sunny day in las vegas is it a nice sunny day at the juice box at Tropicana Field. I don't know. We can ask the group. Because <laughs> the Tampa Bay Rays are about ready to be eliminated. They got zero yesterday. They got zero today. Nil, nine, nothing. Forget about it. All right. Speaking of baseball, today, one of my all-time favorites, Dave Smoke Stewart is going to join us. One of the best baseball pitchers of all time. One of the best postseason pitchers of all time. Of course, Dave Stewart won Three World Series championships with three different teams. That's right. Smoke's going to join us today. Always great having him on. And I love talking to him during the postseason, too. Playoff baseball, that man knows a lot about it. And been fortunate enough to spend some time with him uh, during the postseason, the last couple seasons, as we were hanging out in Houston together. Uh, he was back in Sacramento uh, last year when we were doing the um, Negro League Baseball Hall of Fame. And a shout out to those guys because I was supposed to go back and, and host that again this year, but it is on Sunday. It's a great fundraiser for Bob Kendrick and the, uh, Negro League Baseball Museum in Kansas City. And they go around the country doing different events. And I got, was fortunate enough to be able to host that last year with, uh, good friends, uh, Derek Lee, Jerry Royster, and, uh, had a great time in Sacramento last year. So that rendition is happening this coming Sunday as well. So if you're in the Sacramento area, go support that over at Sac State at uh, John Smith Field. It'll be another fantastic event uh, celebrating the Negro League All-Stars. And you're going to have some of the uh, best high school basketball uh, baseball players, I should say, in Sacramento and the surrounding area playing in that game, donning the old Negro League uniforms. So that's special. Uh, so unfortunately I will not be able to be there because I will be at the Michelob Ultra Arena getting ready for game number one taking place in the WNBA Finals. So we'll talk more about that today as well, too. But yes, we talk baseball today with uh, Dave Stewart, and uh, we'll, we'll talk football and a whole lot more coming your way here on this rendition of the show. Can we carry on Terrible Tuesday into 
Wacky Wednesday, whatever you want to call this. Okay. What do you got? I have a little announcing today. Announcing? Announcing. Oh, good. Is this bad announcing? This is... No, it's just funny. It's funny announcing. It, it, it's bad if you're TJ Reeves. It's Oh, it's apropos yeah. announcing. Yeah. Okay. So let's set the stage here. So we've got Texas Rangers, Tampa Bay Rays, game two, the best of two, two out of three series. Now, remember, the Rangers had led the AL West for 159 days. Astros led for three days. Rangers fell apart down the stretch, including the last weekend. And so to back up the terrible Tuesday, remember the Rangers, what they did on Saturday. They won a baseball game. Okay? They won. And they were playing the Seattle Mariners in Seattle. And they were one game away from clinching the division. But what they did on that on that Saturday is they actually clinched a playoff berth, meaning they're in the playoffs. Well, they're a wild card trying to hang on one more day. So they partied it up that Saturday night in Seattle. Partied it up big time. Mariners were eliminated. So come Sunday, the Rangers, all they need to do is win against a Seattle team that's pretty dejected because they were eliminated on the night that the Rangers got into the postseason. Now, what do you think the mileage is from Seattle to Arizona? I don't know what. 800 miles, maybe 900 miles, 1,000 miles. Okay, say 1,000 miles going south east. Astros are playing the Diamondbacks. Astros beat the Diamondbacks on Saturday, and they had a little toast because they were in the postseason as a wild card. But they had bigger goals. They want to win on Sunday, final day of the regular season, and want the Rangers to lose. To the Mariners. That happens, the Astros would be the AL West champions and get the number two seed. Texas doesn't show up. They score zero on Sunday. George Kirby pitches six innings, does well, and they win one nothing. Rangers score zero on Sunday in a game they needed to win. Astros defeat the Diamondbacks, blow them out. Astros get the number two seed. Rangers crawl in and get the number six seed. Not having been there before, didn't know how to how to act, and they parted up Saturday night that probably cost them a victory on Sunday in a division title. So therefore, now the Astros get a week off, and they're, they'll face the winner between the Blue Jays and the Twins. Twins win last night. They lead one game to none. Meanwhile, Texas now has to leave Seattle, get on a plane, and they have got to go play the Tampa Bay Rays. The longest road trip that you could humanly have in Major League Baseball going from Seattle to Tampa Bay, and they got to play two days later. Well, Texas came out a little sluggish. The Rays were awful yesterday, and the Rangers win 4 nothing final. So now the Rays, who had the second-most wins in the American League, 97 wins, right? 98 wins, I believe. Something like that. 98 wins. And trailing Baltimore. So they're a wild card. Baltimore gets the week off. They won the AL East. So now Tampa Bay gets to host all three games. This is how goofy this best two out of three is. All right. Is that there's no home game for the lower seeded teams. So the five seed, six seed, you get no home game. 
Well, the Rangers didn't need it. They won four nothing yesterday, and now today they defeat. No, they or, haven't. They're on the verge. They're on the verge. It's seven to one. Seven to one. Seven to one defeating those Rays. Well, that's breaking news. The Rays actually scored. They scored a run in the postseason. But here's the biggest thing. You you missed the best part, the worst part about it. The worst part. What was the attendance yesterday? Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was getting there. So just kind of setting the scene for this Tampa Bay 98-win team, right? 19,709. 19,709. Must be a really bad parking lot because our friend TJ Reeves went to the game and got stuck in that parking lot for two hours afterwards. I don't get it. 19,000. Yeah. So then they got to come back today. And remember, Tampa Bay has struggled in the postseason. They haven't won anything. Can't score runs. Going back to 2021, couldn't score any runs. And now they're on the verge of, of getting swept in their home juice box in that putrid stadium indoors. And I bet there's less than 19,000 there today. So the Rays losing to the Texas Rangers after winning nearly 100 games and getting swept in front of nobody. And how noticeable is this? If you're watching the game on TV, you can see tons of empty seats. Let the announcers tell us about this. And on to third goes Sager. And some boos starting to come down from the group. I'm not sure we could call it a crowd. <laughs> the group here at the drop. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. That is hilarious. And here's the funny thing about that is, I believe, and I'm pretty sure, that is the Rays announcing crew. That's Sean McDonough. That's Sean McDonough on the national broadcast. On the national broadcast. Okay, because I was listening to the Rangers broadcast, and those ham and eggers are terrible. They, I, they're hard to listen to. But uh, that, that's Sean McDonough, my guy. 7-1 to one at the end of 7. We're going to the 8th inning now. That means the Rays are down to their final six outs of being eliminated by the Rangers. Oh, the Rangers want another shot, don't they? They want a shot at the Astros. They want to get in here. But this Tampa Bay team, and I've said it all season long, much to the dismay of T.J. Reeves, our guy who's a Buccaneers sideline reporter and a big Tampa Bay apologist. It doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. Remember all that hype? Going back, and he's trying to call me out saying, oh, you said this, you said, well, yeah, I said it. Don't get excited during the regular season because it means nothing. They jumped out to a ridiculous win streak, right? And then they were something like 20 and four. And then, you know, they were 30 games above 500 and over 20, 25 games above 500 the entire season. I'm saying, who cares? Slow your roll. I told you about the text that I got from this Hammenager last week. It's win number 97. So what? And, and my response was, why are you texting me this? And why do I care? Why do I care what the Tampa Bay Rays are doing during the regular season? Or what I care, period. And then he comes on the show yesterday, and it's like, well, yeah, I'm eating crow. I mean, you know, here we go again. It's typical Tampa Bay Rays in the postseason. Can't score, can't advance, can't do anything. Stink. 162 games, you go through the regular season, and 
you have a fantastic season that comes down to two out of three. But I'm not going to blame the format of two out of three because you get to host all three games. How insane is that? Even the WNBA, when they have the opening round two out of three series, the third deciding game is at the visiting teams or the lower-seeded team. Crazy. Oh, and no by excuse. The, by the way, yeah, you gave them. A, you, you you were giving them, or you were giving them two less wins. They're at ninety nine. Ninety nine. So ninety nine wins. Ninety nine. Ninety nine regular season wins. And you're going bye bye after two games on your home field in front of and the group. barely scoring a run. Yeah, barely scoring a run. Yeah, I mean they were getting shut out for majority of this game. Got zilch yesterday. Yeah. It's not that I'm anti-Tampa Bay. Here's what I'm anti. All right. And I've said this before and say it again. So I'm clear. I don't like teams that don't draw fans. I don't like teams being in cities or stadiums or being involved with real bad political backing, I guess you might want to say. And obviously, what are the two cities that come to mind? Immediately, when, when when I say this, Tampa Bay and Oakland, right? A's have had a lot of history, a lot of positive history. And our guest coming up here very, very soon is from Oakland, grew up in Oakland. Dave Stewart wanted to play back in his hometown and led the A's to the World Series, to playoffs. Also pitched with the Dodgers, all right? Four consecutive 20-win seasons. Three World Series championships with different teams. Throwing the Toronto Blue Jays as well, too. So, it's like he loved playing in his hometown. And that was a different Oakland back in those days. They never had huge payrolls. you got to remember, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Dave Stewart. Those guys were, were, were products within the organization. Now, not so much Stewie because he, he was drafted by the Dodgers. But he's a homegrown guy. And he could have played anywhere. And he wanted to come back to Oakland, his hometown, and represent. But Oakland never had high payrolls. And that stadium used to be a pure home field advantage for the A's and for the Raiders way back in the day when those teams were good. So I am sad that Oakland is losing their team, but they deserve to lose their team. And in Tampa Bay, there's nothing worse than watching baseball in a dome stadium with carpet. Nothing worse than that. Now, you can say, okay, well, Arizona, they have grass. They've got a roof. The Astros have grass. Yeah, but they have grass. And occasionally, they'll open up the roof so you can have some day baseball. Milwaukee Brewers, same thing. They'll try to open the roof more times than not, when they can. Because you want that fresh air coming in there. But the Rays are playing in an antiquated warehouse that you want to call a dome or... I can't even call it a field. As I call it the juice box after Tropicana Field. It is a terrible place to watch a game. Terrible place to play a game. Anybody who's played there will tell you. And the visiting team outnumbers the home team fans. All the time. You see what happens when the Yankees come into town or the Red Sox come into town. They dwarf the Tampa Bay fans. And now Tampa Bay playing a team with not a great fan base, 
especially traveling on the road, the Texas Rangers, you have a chance to have 30,000 plus of your own fans. You have 99 wins in the regular season. And you can't even come close to selling out. You got 19,000. Now, when they announced 19,707, you know darn well there's not 19,707 human beings in that place. You want the announced today? Today, announced crowd, I'm saying under 19. 20,198. Oh, congratulations. You got 400 more fans. Because why? It was do or die today? Exactly. Is that why? Or I Probably. I, I don't know why. It was Yesterday was a Tuesday afternoon game. This is a Wednesday afternoon game. That's embarrassing. So you know what that means, So right? we're going to say you had 20,000 fans each day. 20,000 fans. For both games. Combined, yeah. 39,902. Ex- exactly. Every other home park will have that in one game. Yep. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, so that's why I'm hard on the Tampa Bay Rays and hard on the Oakland Athletics and their organization and their ownership group. Yes, they're coming to Vegas. How will it be? We have no idea. We have no idea. Again, you're bringing a team here that Las Vegans could care less about. There is no emotional attachment to the Oakland A's, especially the modern-day A's known as the post-Moneyball A's. Great movie. Love that movie. Saw it again the other night. Um, But two, this is a team that lost 120 games this year's Oakland A's team. And you're coming to Las Vegas. Ed Graney wrote his column in the Las Vegas Review Journal today. A great column. Love Ed's writing like Ed. Uh, and it said a terrible team. He must have been listening to the show yesterday. Terrible team coming to <laughs> Las Vegas. Can't sugarcoat it. The A's are terrible. Now the Rays are playing good baseball, but there's nothing to like about this. Again, when you play in that place, you're not going to get quality free agents. You don't have a boatload of money to spend on free agents, and they've done it through the minor leagues. But what happens in the postseason? You can't compete with the big boys. You end up losing. Now, Texas, what did Texas do this year? Spent a lot of money. Corey Seager, Mark, Marcus Simeon. Oh, Marcus Simeon, former A's. So, in others, they got a big payroll. Even though the Rangers and this core has not been to the playoffs before, and that's why they wilted down the stretch. But they got a gift. Even though they had to travel cross-country on a day's notice. And they're going to advance on and get some much-needed time off before they go face the Baltimore Orioles. And you know what? Texas is probably not even going to go back home. They're, they'll stay. They just they'll go to Baltimore because Thursday that that series starts Saturday, so they're going to be on the road for a long time. And the Rangers are probably going to have some problems with Baltimore, but it should be a good series. But yeah, the Rays embarrassment, and this is bad for baseball. It's bad for baseball. Get that team out of Tampa Bay. And I don't want to hear build a new park, cross town. It's still the Tampa Bay Rays, and you're still going to play indoors. And there are some indoor parks so you can dress it up and, and look good. Texas is one of them, even though they've got the goofy AstroTurf in there and the picnic tables behind home plate. It's hard to watch. You know, It's hard for me to watch that kind of stuff when I see – because you know what they're charging. 
for those seats and the picnic tables and the all you can eat food. And then you've got to look at kids jumping up and down, spinning around their little chairs, you know, that have no business being in a ballpark. I shouldn't say that. No business being in a ballpark, like Numchuck's doing right now. But you know what I'm saying? I don't want to watch. I want to watch the batter. I want to watch the pitcher. Watching people not pay attention to the game on their cell phone, doing who knows what. But you watch a Texas Rangers game at Globe Life Field, Park, whatever you want to call it. Nice place, but no, not for me. I don't know. You're right. This is an extension of Terrible Tuesday. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Rays down 7-1. All right. Rest of Major League Baseball tonight. The Brew Crew, horrible last night. Horrible. Jumped out 3 nothing lead. Final score, they lose 6-3 to the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks went opener on you. They're like eight pitchers in that game. Brew Crew loses. Now they're on the verge of elimination. And pitching advantage to Arizona. Got Gallon going tonight. Their best pitcher for Arizona. How about the Diamondbacks advancing to the NLDS? How crazy is that? Laughing stock. This team had a record like the A's last year. Well, no one had that bad of a record, but you know what I'm saying. It was like that. Diamondbacks. One more victory. Got two days to get it in Milwaukee. And they have a huge pitching advantage today and tomorrow if it goes game three. They lose tonight. Diamondbacks win 6-3. Philly roll 4-1. I think Philly gets the job done again tonight. Aaron Nola's going tonight. Zach Wheeler got the job done for the Phillies last night. 4-1 over Miami. Another team. Just like the race. Can we get baseball out of Florida? Just keep it. Keep it for the preseason. Keep it for spring training. All right. I expect Philly to close that out. In Minnesota, Toronto. Minnesota. That game is going on as we speak right now. Minnesota wins last night 3-1. Minnesota is one of those teams. Do you, do you know that the Minnesota Twins have 12 players that have double-digit home runs? A lot of people don't realize that. This team can play. They could pitch. Carlos Correa is over there finally getting it together in his second season with the Twins. No score in this game right now. Pitcher's duel. Barrios is pitching for Toronto. All right. I believe Sonny Gray's going for Minnesota today. Yeah. So that's interesting. The Astros have the winner of this series. Astros will host the division series best three out of five. So yeah. So you have Houston, Baltimore, Atlanta, the Dodgers, just, just waiting. Yeah. All right. So we got all that. All right. So we'll get back to baseball and Dave Stewart's going to join us here pretty soon. Uh, want to remind you, we talk a lot, and you probably heard the commercials, the Slice of Vegas Raiders Indoor Tailgate Party. This is fantastic. All right? I've got tickets, free tickets to give away. There is no... What's the word I'm looking for? No hook, no nothing here. All right? I just want to get you to experience Slice of Vegas. All right? And I'm going to give away free passes today and tomorrow. What kind of passes? Passes. Passes. To the indoor tailgate party inside Slice of Vegas. They do a fantastic job over there. You're familiar with the promotion with the Miss Twice Get a Slice of Pizza at the Aces game, right? All right. They have the indoor tailgate party. 
that just started this season. So Monday night football, Raiders and the Packers. And we got a lot to talk about with that in the next couple of days as we break down that Monday night football game. All right. So starting at two o'clock on Monday, it's all you can eat pizza, chicken, pasta, food, all you could drink, beer, wine, well drinks. Normally a $75 value. Well, it's actually more than that, but $75 gets you in the door. Private room, the marquee room, where we've broadcasted the show many times. And by the way, breaking news, we will be broadcasting the show live Monday. Slice of Vegas for the Raiders indoor tailgate party. Come on by, say hello. And guess what? You're eating for free. Free. All you can eat, all you can drink. Call. Call me. Call Numchuck. Call us. Free. 702-221-7283. 702-221-7283. Call. Get your information, and you're in the door. You are coming to the Raiders Indoor Tailgate Party inside the Mandalay Bay Shops, inside a slice of Vegas. All right? Numchuck, you know what to do. Phone number, email, name, boom. And I want to blow this up. Because I want people there to show out, get ready, party, wear your Raider gear. You don't have to wear Raider gear. Wear whatever you want. Wear Packer gear. I mean, look at me. I got Packers, Raiders, uh, two teams that followed very, very closely. Worked with the Packers organization for all those years in Green Bay. Got plenty of Packers uh, stories, as you well know. And looking forward to this Monday night football game where the Raiders definitely need to win. All right, Packers are two and two, Raiders are one and three. But Raiders indoor tailgate party, slice of Vegas, and we've got family four packs we're giving away. Doesn't have to be a family; it could be your, your, your three, your buddies. Doesn't matter. We got four packs we're giving away. Got pair of tickets. That's how generous we are today. All right, seven zero two 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 one seven two eight three. Call in and get your tickets for the Raiders indoor tailgate party, slice of Vegas. My guys, Brian, Scott, do a fantastic job over there. We've got Aces on Sunday, Raiders tailgate, indoor tailgate party on Monday, starting at 2 o'clock, broadcasting the show live, and walk right over to the Michelob, <laughs> walk over to Legion Stadium. See, I got Michelob Ultra Arena in my mind, Mandalay Bay. There it is. But uh, Sunday, Monday, two big days. It's going to be there at Slice of Vegas. So make sure that you claim those tickets, F-R-E-E, all you can eat, all you can drink, and fantastic food at Slice of Vegas. We come back. Dave Smoke Stewart joins us. We talk MLB postseason. The T.C. Martin Show. There's only one thing we know for sure. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. The Dr. T.C. Martin. He was a most ripping victory by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. The doctor is now in. Don't forget, join us at the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, the Superbook on Fridays, 2 to 4 p.m. And former Vikings head coach Mike Tice is going to be joining us. So we got a special guest for a little Best Bet segment, our Best Bet segment that goes down each and every Friday. Trevor Maddich, of course, will be joining us. Marco D'Angelo, Jay Cornegay, the vice president of Sportsbook Operations there. And the former Vikings head coach Mike Tice. Always good talking with him. And I hope Mike is not going to pick the Vikings the way they're playing right now. 
<laughs> but join us 2 to 4 p.m. each and every Friday. And, of course, we'll be talking not only NFL week number five, college football extravaganza Saturday, and, of course, the WNBA Finals with yours truly starting on Monday, Michelob Ultra Arena, the Aces and the Liberty Battle of the Two Super Teams. Go to the website, check all of that out. We've got a preview up there at tcmartinshow.com. And, of course, it is Major League Baseball postseason playoff time right now. And no better guy to talk postseason baseball with than one of my all-time favorite guys, three-time World Series champion, Dave Smoke Stewart. Smoke, what's up, brother? TC, how you been, man? I've been great, man. How about you? Oh man, shoot! Uh, you know I, you know I work work uh, with the NBC station uh, doing A's games in Oakland, and so I'm glad that that season's over with. Man, I know, I know. Yeah, I got a chance to see you, man, uh, when I could. But uh, just a a a horrendous season, man. And uh, you know, we're trying to be nice about this situation. I just got done talking about the Oakland situation and then Tampa Bay not drawing their fans. I mean, nineteen thousand for that playoff game yesterday, twenty thousand there in Tampa, and we know what the situation is there in Oakland. Uh seriously, man. Uh, I know you still love that organization or anything, but how difficult was that for you to to not only watch that product but have to talk about it, you know, after only a 50-win season? Well, it was difficult, especially in the beginning of the season. Um, when the season first started, uh, I mean, they were really the epitome of bad baseball. Um, a lot of mental errors as well as physical errors. You know, when you're not catching the ball and you're making mistakes on the bases, bad base running mistakes, uh, taking bad routes to baseballs, you know, making bad pitches, um, not thinking in situations. When you watch bad baseball in general, it's not good. Um, but when you watch a team that, that just doesn't play any aspect of the game well, it was even worse. The fortunate thing is, you know, as the season moved on, um, defensively, they started to play very good baseball. I, I've, I would call it A's brand of baseball. And then you started seeing some of the younger talent come up, and they started playing the, the game pretty well as well. Uh, so, you know, what started out bad um, at least showed some rays of light towards the end of the season. And um, so there is hope for the organization going forward. Though. they got some great t- talent. Zach Geloff is a player that – you know, I think uh, you can you can pretty much tie yourself to as as you know a guy that's going to be a good major league player. How frustrating has it been from you? Uh, just say say from a fan's perspective. Again, not only you know were you a, a great pitcher in this league, but you've been a major league baseball executive as as well too. So you're familiar with all of the workings that go on about building a franchise and building a team on the field, off the field, all of that stuff. And when you see, again, guys just recently from Matt Olson to Marcus Simeon, guys that, okay, you know, can, can lead this team maybe to deep postseason runs and then they're gone again. How frustrating is that for you, man, as a guy who still wants to see the Oakland Athletics, you know, be relevant? Well, I know what the organization has been is, is, is how I look at it, you know, from from a from a Oaklander, mm-hmm. a person that's born and raised in in the Bay Area and not far from the Coliseum. 
you know, I was there when the A's came in 68 and a kid going out and watching them play in the, in the, in the sixties and then watched them become, you know, contenders and world champions for three straight years, 72, 73 and 74. And then, uh, you know, becoming a free agent and signing with the team in the mid eighties and, you know, watching the team from 86 when I got there to, you know, playoff world series and we were world series champions and contenders um all the way through the uh mid 90s and then you know the organization took a step back and and then you know billy uh did a great job in, in making them competitive again but you know seeing these teams uh uh the last three years last three four years it's just been tough to watch. It's tough to watch a team go from 97 wins in a season to, until at one point they were 12 and 50 this year. Um, and eventually ended up uh, losing, I think, 113 games this year. So when you see talent that's with the organization and good talent, um, and you see that talent um, eventually traded off and going elsewhere and doing good things for other organizations, you're always going to be a little bit bitter about that. But I could also take the approach that the the Tampa Rays have taken, which is they're they're a team that's also done a lot of dealing of good talent, but they've still remained competitive and continue to be in the playoffs year after year, or to be a, a favorite in their division. You know, if it's that way, I I could live with that. Um, most fans in Oakland, because I've you know I've been around it, are are not happy with the fact that. Um, that they just don't have players. You know, you you don't have a Vita Blue that you can say you watch come through the organization or or Ricky Henderson or or whoever that player may be. Um, that's the biggest complaint of the fans in Oakland right now is that they just don't have players that they can hold on to for past five years in that organization. They know when you get to three, four, five years there's a pretty good chance the players are going to be going someplace else. And um, I, I sympathize with the fans for that. Yeah, no doubt. Now, you talk about ownership change, and you were there right in the heart and soul of Charlie Finley. And a lot of us will remember back in the day where that people would rip you know, Charlie Finley for the way he would operate things and whatever. Now you, you, know, you come back and you look at you know, the modern-day you know, A's in this ownership and then not be able, I guess, to get on the same page or coexist with, you know, the, the, the politics or the politicians there, you know, in Oakland, in Alameda County and everything. Talk about, you know, playing back in those days and witnessing firsthand the Charlie Finley, you know, organization and that model and compared to, to where it is today. And what was it about Charlie Finley that, that maybe people on the outside looking in didn't like? Well, what you didn't like about Charlie is, I mean, Charlie was a was a, a great marketer of baseball in general, but baseball in Oakland. And you know, Charlie came up with tremendous ideas. I mean, he walked around the stadium uh, pregame with Charlie Odomiel. Mm. You know, we had the rabbit that popped up from behind home plate that had containers of baseballs for the umpires. Um, you know, he was he tried to tried to bring in a, a gold baseball right um the uniforms in themselves you know with the gold socks the green and the different um the different uniforms was new at that that period of time the white cleats you know, the too gold, right 
The white cleats were the yeah, thing. Yeah, white cleats <laughs> was never a part of baseball. You're, you're right to write the white spikes. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, at one point he had asked Spider to change his name to True Blue. So he was a marketer of the game, and, um, um, but he ran a, a real tight organization. He didn't have a lot of people that worked in the office. He was a one-man marketing team. Um, you know, his belief in, in what players should be paid uh, were, were very, very difficult then. And eventually, you know, free agency became a thing. And Reggie Jackson was one of the first free agents. And when free agency became a part of baseball, uh, Finley became uh, one of those owners that uh, I'm going to going to play players this much. And if I have to pay him more, I'm going to get rid of him. He did. And he pretty much tore down a dynasty. Yeah. Um, and this organization, um, really, the only comparison is that, you know, Finley shared with this organization is that the, the, Fisher, the Fisher organization or the Fisher ownership, um, they are not willing to pay um, large amounts of money to these players. And, and so they do believe in a turnover of, of taking your star players, trade them before they become free agents and, you know, getting good talent for those players to, to put in your minor league system and hopefully be competitive as an organization going forward. That hasn't happened over these last few years, which is why I think you really hear a lot um, from the fans because they're not playing good baseball on the field. You know, when they were getting rid of players before, you know, you come back with a Zito motor and a Hudson you know, guys like that uh, that can come in and, and take the reins and continue to carry the organization forward. But um, they've not been real good, um, or I should say not very fortunate. I mean, their returns for players here lately. All right. Legendary pitcher, Oakland A's, Dave Stewart joins us. How do you think this is going to work out here? I know it's not going to be next year, but, you know, coming to Vegas here, uh, once this ballpark is built and – Will anything change? Obviously, it's going to be the same ownership group. Will they spend more money? Will they take a different approach? And then, you know, big picture. I mean, how, how do you think Vegas fans are going to embrace the A's? I mean, we can only go by what, what the organization has said. You know, organizationally, they've said a new baseball stadium will put them in a position to spend more money on players. And so um, I think it's a wait and see what they're going to do and what they're going to present once they're in Las Vegas. Um, well, all I can say is that, you know, it, it can continue to be the brand of baseball that um, they presented over these last few years in Oakland. And so, you know, getting a new stadium, being in a new city, a Princeton presents an opportunity to, to tie some of your marquee players up for extended period of time to play in your uniform, um, then I wish the best for for the Fisher family and the Oakland A's franchise. And that means more time in Vegas for you, my friend, right? Well, you know, <laughs> I guess we're going to have to see. Um, I'm because, you know, I'm, I don't technically work for the A's. I, I work for NBC. Right. And um, I don't know that NBC will still continue to broadcast the games if they're in Las Vegas. That would mean that occasionally I would be coming in to do something for the A's because, you know, I'm an alumnus uh, and, and my number is a retired number for the organization. So that may mean if, you know, for promotions, I'll get an opportunity to come up more often. But 
Um, I'm not too sure from the broadcast. Yeah, part of it. Sure. I'd get an opportunity. Sure, yeah. And, and again, just uh, I know how much you like coming to Vegas, man, and hanging out. So just maybe may yeah, more. Do like, I, do, <laughs> I do like Vegas, man. I've got uh, some good friends there. And, yeah. and, you know, for a weekend, it's a great place to be. That's it, man. All right, man. we got to get you here soon, too, man, because we got some wine and dining on me out here, man. So let's go. Let's, let's, get, right, let, let's get smoke out here, man. You know? All right, bro. I'm going to hold you to that now. You know that's true. All right, man. So <laughs> la- la- last time uh, we saw each other was the World Series last year in Houston, seeing our boy Dusty, you know, get the ring and talk a little bit about that. And of course, you got a chance to see the Astros up close and personal so many times, you know, because the A's are in the same division. But how about what they pulled off, man? Especially that final weekend of the season where the Astros went from basically the sixth seed to, to the two seed. And, you know, Texas fell apart there. And uh, now the Astros are sitting there waiting, uh, and they're healthy for the most part. Give me your thoughts, man, uh, about what we're going to see from the Strohs and, and coming up here in the postseason. I tell you that first-round bye, I think, is absolutely outstanding for them. I think they needed that rest. Their team hasn't been, you know, healthy for the better part of the season. He's mixed and matched the pieces, and it's amazing that he was able to win the division. Even though it was the last day of the season, it was amazing he was able to pull it out with as many injuries that he's had. You know, the pitching staff is a little different this year, but I feel real good about him having Verlander at the top of the rotation because I think you need a guy like that at the top of the rotation. Now, he'll match anybody in baseball pitch for pitch and usually outlast most. And so I like I like that. I've always liked the starting rotation. I think his bullpen is, is better than it was last year. And, um, and, um, I mean, it really comes down to how well they're going to play. And hopefully you don't run into a pitcher on the other side and a hitter on the other side that's, uh, that's, that's, you know, that gets hot because it really comes down to if you get a hot pitcher and you get a couple of hitters that are hot. It's tough to beat a team when you've got that combination. You know, speaking of pitching, and I know that you're aware of this uh, more than anybody, the injuries that we have seen. We've seen so many pitchers, you know, losing their entire season or at least – you know, um, you know, big parts of it. I mean, you know, Max Scherzer's getting ready to, to come back and, you know, Texas advances here, which looks like, you know, they definitely are. Uh, he, they may get him back here maybe for the next series, but talk a little bit about why you think that we've had so many debilitating pitching injuries this year. Is it correlated to the pitch clock? Is it something else? What do you think? Well, you know, I mean, I don't think it's the pitch clock because. Uh, the, all the pitchcock is asking you to do is just get on the mound and, and pitch a little bit quicker. So I don't think that that's what it is. And I continue to think that in baseball, you know, old school was the better the better period of time to be a pitcher in baseball because you know um, I use myself as an example. Um, I, I started 38 games in one season, and in a in a season I pitched as many as. 275, 275, 76 innings. And if you count the playoffs, probably over 300. And um, I just felt that the more I, 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 the more baseball I was around, which means playing catch, um, getting my cardio in, running distance, building stamina, building strength in my foundation, my legs, less time in the weight room, I always felt was, was better. 
And I still feel that that is the the recipe for seeing healthier pitchers. More throwing, um, long toss, um, things of that nature, less time in the weight room, taking better care of your lower your lower foundation, which is it's all around cardio, getting in that road work. I think you'd see arms to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I love talking with you about is the demeanor of yourself when you pitched. And when people think of you, not only they think of being you know, the winning the games and the World Series, you know, championships and that sort of thing, but it was just your demeanor when you're on the mound. And we just mentioned, you know, Max Scherzer. He's one of those guys that kind of has that bulldog mentality. And it just seems like that those type of pitchers I've gone by the wayside, so to speak. I'm curious to to get your take on that, if you agree with that. And what was it with you that that? You correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, but you just kind of took the man. At least you came across like like you were angry, and you know, just where did that come from? And is that a fair characterization? Well, it's a, it's a competition, um, and I got a face. I always looked at it as nine against one. Hmm. And so I looked at it as a competition. And if you've got nine people that are trying to beat up on you, then what else are you going to be except competitive? Um, and I don't use the word angry because when you're mad, I don't know there are many people that when they're mad, when they're angry, I, I don't know that they have a clear head. They do things right. that they wouldn't right. normally do. Mm-hmm. And so what I would call it is competitive and um and relentless and um when you put those two things along with with heart I mean, it puts you in the spirit of wanting to win win every battle and the battle is not over with one at bat the battle is over after you get 27 outs mm. and so you don't have time to, to have a letdown you have to stay focused you have to stay in the game and um, the minute you let let down in the in the game of baseball, the minute you let down is the time when um, you're going to op- open yourself up for at least when you're on the mound, you're going to open yourself up to be to be beaten. And uh, Bob Gibson, like, was the best teacher that I had, and and he told me, and I remember this, and I tried to practice this: your best op- opportunity to win a game is you. So if you start it, you better be prepared to finish it. And um, that's that was my approach. I love it. You say 27 outs. Now, major league pitcher, it's like, okay, 18 outs. There you go. That's that's the only that's all I'm gonna get, you know, six innings maybe, and then I'm out of this game. Yeah. How crazy is that, right? Man, if if you've got <laughs> if you've got three outs left before that game is over, if you're not in the game, that's too many outs to count on somebody else to get for you, is the way I looked at it. Right. Right? Exactly. Dave Smoke Stewart joining us. All right, man, let's talk about uh, what we've seen so far here. How do you feel about this best two out of three of this this opening round? And again, the multi-wildcard teams, six in each league here. And give, give me your thoughts about this. Again, you come from you know the era where, hey, you, you had to be a division winner you know, to get to the postseason. Then, of course, later on, they extended to you know, expanding the you know the divisions where now you got three instead of two in each league, and then now we go to one wild card. But now it just seems like Major League Baseball is going the same route that the NBA and uh, and the NFL's gone. Just like, hey, more the better, but I'm not sure more is the best. 
know, TC, there are a lot of lot of baseball fans that you know watch baseball early in the year, and they make they may take a break in the summer when you know you you go on your vacation or whatever it is that you do with your families. And then you come back at the end of the year and you, you catch the end of the season. 162 games for most people is a lot of baseball games. Uh, I'll be honest. I love football. And football, in my opinion, is a short season. You don't have a lot of games. Um, but even in football, I really start tuning in towards the end of the season. Um, when they start getting in the playoffs, when they start having the wild cards. And that's the most exciting time of the year to watch football and basketball as well. I think that baseball's found something with um, this, with the additional wild card round and the, the additional teams that have been added in the two out of three. Um, format for the first round of playoffs. I think that people are really excited about it. Um, I'm a baseball traditionalist. At first, I wasn't wasn't happy about anything that had to do with more layers of playoffs. Hmm. And then I started seeing wild card teams win championships, which, you know, the thing that people love about baseball or the thing that puts most fans in the game is because baseball is a sport that they think they can play. Right. No height restrictions, no size restrictions. Baseball players look like normal people. And so um, anything, in my opinion, that attracts fans and gets people to love this game a little bit more, I'm all about it. You got it. All right, my friend, before we let you go, uh, talk about the Baltimore Orioles. It's a big surprise. We know this team has been in the doldrums for the better part of the last couple of decades, and uh, now they're sitting there with the best record in the AL. How good is this team? How far can they go? You know, my nephew, Taj, has been watching the Baltimore Orioles since he was a little kid. Um, He grew up in Reston, Virginia. Um, His father, Norman, uh, was an air traffic controller back there. And I remember back in those days, you know, the Orioles were okay, but not really a good baseball team. And you know what they've been over the last few years they've not been very good and so Tosh sends me a text and he says hey Uncle Dave what do you think about my Baltimore Orioles (laughs) and and so all I could tell him and it's truthful is when you've taken as much as they have taken to get to this point and they've been beaten on pretty good for a long time um and to get to this point I'm really excited to see them uh in the next round of the playoffs and see what they can do. They're a good young group of kids that quite frankly, man, they, they play the game with energy. And, um, you know, that's, what's great about seeing some of these young teams in the playoffs. They play with a different type of energy. Um, and they don't really know what the protocol is for being in the playoffs. They're just out there having fun and showing their talent and their skill. And so, you know, I'm happy to see them. Do I think that they have a chance to win the uh, the American League, I think they have a chance. Do I think they will win? No, I don't think they will win, but I, I think it's great that they're in it. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, brother. I uh, appreciate the time, as always. We look forward to hopefully tapping more into you uh, during this uh, postseason action, and uh, hopefully we get a chance to, uh, to see you at some point, too. All right, brother. Thanks for catching up. You got it, bro. Talk to you soon. Take care. All right. There it is. Dave Smoke Stewart.
Going to get him here in Vegas, man. Having a good time here. Another one bites the dust. Oh, yeah. Smoke. Bringing it. Staring you down. Dropping that fastball. Dropping that sinker on you. Oh, yeah. All right. Great to have him on. All right. We come back. We got more for you. The big seven-footer. All right. We're going to keep it kind of the Bay Area. A little sack town flavor. NBA training camps underway right now. Can you believe that? College basketball right around the corner, too. But you know we'll be talking some baseball, talking some food and a whole lot more. And WNBA finals. Aces and the Liberty. The countdown starting on Sunday. Wild Wednesday. T.C. Martin Show. Right here. Parte Florenzi, eccolo il cross tagliato di testa che go! 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 il magnifico, il magnifico, il magnifico rettore! Live! Go! Entertainment capital of the world. What a strike! What a goal! What a comeback! What a game! There are no words to describe it! It's the TC Martin Show. Les Georges, mais cette fois-ci, il n'y en a pas pour Marco Reus. Très fort devant le Prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Largo pifio. Messi la tiene. Messi, Messi, Messi. Ahí está Iniesta. Gol! 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 Cerebro! Cerebro! Cerebro Iniesta! The doctor is now in. Two here on this Wednesday. Great to hear from Dave Smoke Stewart, one of the one of the best. If you missed that interview, go to the website. It'll be up later at tcmartinshow.com. Also, don't forget Friday at the Westgate. That'll be fun. Mike Tyson can join us, the former Vikings head coach, Trevor Maddich, Marco D'Angelo, best bet segment, Jay Cornegay. That and a whole lot more coming your way on Friday. Tomorrow, a jam-packed show. Talk more WNBA finals and also some uh, college football. You ready for this one, Numchuck? You don't know this yet. Tomorrow, get ready. One of our favorite guests coming on because he's going to be on the road doing college football. Timmy B. Timmy B. Timmy Brando. Do you know where he's broadcasting this weekend? Where is he broadcasting this weekend? Laramie, Wyoming. We are going to be talking to him from the back of a limousine. From the airport in Laramie to his hotel. Yeah. That's how that timing, I think, is going to work for tomorrow. So the only way we don't get Timmy B tomorrow is if flight gets delayed or something like that. So I, so he told me about this. I go, that sounds like some uh, really good radio that we'll have some fun with. Yeah. Timmy B playing this in his car in Laramie, Wyoming, in front of his cowboy fans. How's that going to work out? <laughs> it's going to be a blast. Uh, yeah, and, and you gotta help me out here. Okay. So, remember when we had Gigi Spear on well, from you, the New York Liberty? You were on the road, right? Co- yeah, covers the Liberty. Yeah. Was I on the road? 
I think you were on the no. I met her on the road. You met her on the road, but then you had her on. We had her on. We were back here. Yep. And you remember the bet that we made? It was a dinner. It it was a food bet. Oh yes, it was. Yeah, and she reminded me of it. We bet MVP. Oh, you did. We did, and she reminded me the day that it came out, going back last week. She texts me. You know what she says? I like Italian. It's a great text. Yeah, how about that? And I go, oh, man. So I'm debating whether to have her on the show or not. Oh, no, we, we need to. You think so? We need to. Because I could be going off on her. I mean, if she's going to really stick by this Brianna Stewart MVP talk, it could get ugly. I'm just, it, I'm just warning you right I'm now. sure she's probably not sticking with it. You don't think so? I think she's going to be be sticking with it because she won and she wants a dinner. Yeah. And that, but uh, you know, in the back of her mind, she's like, Asia was the real MVP. Well, she made the bet. I mean, she's the one that thought, no, no question that Stewie's going to get it. And I said, forget about that. So that is interesting. But I'll tell you what's funny about this because then she goes, well, she goes, I imagine you're coming to New York. And she goes, and that you'll probably be up two games to none. So what does that say? She's, She's she's thinking yeah. it's aces, which many people who cover the New York Liberty do not feel that way. They think they're the best team. So is she not traveling here? She's not traveling here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But she'll be in New York. So that's what, that was my question, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish I could take her to dinner here. That'd work out much better for my pocketbook. Some good chicken wings? Well, you know what I was thinking. Mexican? No. I was thinking about the type of food. I was just thinking oh, about your budget. You know where I'm going with that? Now, Marco was here. He'd be all over it. You're thinking total comp. That's right. I really don't know many people. Well, I know people in New York, but not like that. You know? Not that own the restaurants. Mm. I think I'll ask her if, uh, how the drive throughs in Brooklyn? No, nah, she'll get her dinner. So I made on. the bet. I pay off. She said she likes Italian. Yeah. Take her to Olive Garden. <laughs> to Olive Garden. <laughs> do they have Olive Gardens back there? I'm sure they do. I've never seen one. I'm sure they I, do. I know. But see, here's the when you go to New York City, you're not you don't have malls and that sort of thing. Olive Garden's always like in a suburb somewhere. So you, you might know. have to take a little drive. It's okay. I'm not driving anywhere. Taking a Lyft or Uber. You know? Or getting a ride with her and, you know. Oh, there you they, go. Yeah, she might be one of those New Yorkers that doesn't have transportation, though. You know, they all they all ride the train. You know? I know. I'll ride the subway. Car? I don't have a car. Where am I going to park my car? Costs $1,000 a month to park my car. Anyway. So we'll we'll marinate on that and see if we're going to have her on the show. I know she wants to come back on the show. So we may do that. All right. Talking about Italian. Italiano. Italiano. So Some pizza. Oh, yes. Thank you very much for that. All right. Uh, again, Raiders Indoor Tailgate Party is at Slice of Vegas. All right. Just started this uh, with this season. And the uh, Steeler game, which was last week or a week and a half ago now, right? Um, Slice of Vegas has an indoor tailgate party. You don't have to deal with elements. You don't have to deal with parking lots, cars, outside. They're providing the indoor tailgate party for you. Normally, it's $75, the great food of Slice of Vegas. This takes place at Slice of Vegas inside the Mandalay Bay shops. They're in between Mandalay Bay and the Luxor. Raider game days. 
It is the indoor tailgate party. Got the TVs going, everything. Now, very special because this is Monday night football. Raiders and the Packers play Monday night. All right, so from 2 to 5 p.m., it's all you can eat, all you can drink. That's beer, well drinks, wine, whatever, and the food's fantastic. I'm talking about the pizza, the pasta, the chicken wings, uh, the potatoes, the fries, uh, everything. All you can eat is normally 75 bucks. But we are offering free passes for you to eat for FRAA. Free, 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 as Mattress Mac would say. That's right. Give us a call, 702-221-7283. Call now. Numbcheck will take your information. And Monday, between 2 and 5 p.m., you are going to the Raider tailgate party in the marquee room at Slice of Vegas. Great atmosphere there. And uh, then you can walk to the game if you're going to the game. Or if you're not going to the game, you can hang out and watch the game there at Slice of Vegas. So, yeah, we got free passes. I got four packs of tickets. All right? So do the math, Numbchuck. What is that? 75 times four. It's 300 bucks. 300 bucks free! F math. Yeah. (laughs) Not F food, though, or pizza. I'm just going to get a shirt that says that. I know. I know. All right. So, yeah, give us a call. 221 7283, area code 702-221-7283, and you can take three of your friends with you, all you can eat, all you can drink for free, all right, at Slice of Vegas, and come on by, say hello, we'll be doing the show live from Slice of Vegas inside the Mandalay Bay Shops coming up on Monday, all right, so we've got that promotion going for you for the rest of this week, we want to uh, fill that place up, come eat for free, get ready, tailgate for Raiders and the Packers. Monday Night Football. You know, I love that matchup of the Raiders and the Packers. And, you know, it's not a a kind of a storied rivalry, but there's a lot of history between these two teams. You go back to, you know, Super Bowl II, go way back. Packers beat the Raiders. Uh, but they've had some great regular season games. And as a guy who was covering the Packers and living in Green Bay, the one obviously that stands out to me, was Brett Favre's game on Monday Night Football that he played after his dad passed away, 2003. And that was unbelievable. That was my first year, my first season in Green Bay with the Packers. And I remember vividly how that whole thing happened and getting the news there that Brett's father, Irv, passed away. And Irv was a character. Uh, Brett's mom and dad just, uh, they were characters. Brett's brother, Scott, as well, too. And they would come to Green Bay a lot. And you know how beloved Brett Favre was in, in, in Green Bay. But um, that was a night where Raider fandomonium kind of took a backseat. And Raider fans, they're ruthless with opposing teams. We all know that, especially back in the Oakland County Coliseum. And that night, I remember those Raider fans. I'm not saying they turned into Packer fans, but what they did was they paid homage to the great Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers organization. They were not nasty that night. They were um, just, I think, glad to be able to see Brett Favre play. And the way the game unfolded, the Packers crushed the Raiders that night. You remember, I believe it was 41 to seven. And 
Favre was phenomenal. I remember the the long touchdown pass to Javon Walker, uh, the emotion that Brett had, tears in his eyes, and Raider fans were actually cheering for the Packers. That is the only time, first time, the only time I've ever seen Raider fans in Oakland uh, cheer for the opposing team. And they treated the Packers and Brett Favre and their fans. Respect, there were a lot of Packer fans that were there at that Monday night football game in Oakland. And it was a very special, memorable night. And I remember then the Raiders went back a couple seasons later and um, after Brett Favre was gone. And uh, Packers won that game uh, as well, too. So they played... A few times, you know, going over the last, you know, decade, you know, plus or so. Uh, so this will be interesting. First time the Green Bay Packers are coming to Las Vegas, and that is going to be a weird sight. You know, because we've been covering the Raiders since they got here going back three years ago. So when Denver or the Chiefs, you know, even kind of the Niners seen them a couple times, it doesn't seem weird. I think for me, it's going to seem weird Monday night seeing. The Packers dressed in white, those iconic helmets, you know. That's right. Hey, today was a funeral today, too. Remember, today, today was the funeral of uh, the man who designed the G, the Packers logo. Okay, that, uh, that, was, uh, that was today at uh, Faith Lutheran Church. So who made up their logo first? Georgia? Or the Packers, it's the same logo. It is the same logo. I got to believe the Packers. I mean, it's close to the same logo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you should look that one up. So I I told I told the story yesterday, 1961, when an art student uh, at Saint Norbert College there in Green Bay, who was the assistant equipment manager, just like a, kind of a young intern, and uh, Dad Brashear, who was, wasn't his dad, but that was his nickname. It was the Packers longtime equipment manager for Vince Lombardi. And he said, he just came out of a meeting with uh, Vince and said, Hey, you know, you're an art student, right? And, uh, the kid says, yeah, yeah, I, I, I am. He goes, well, let's talk to Vince and he wants a logo. He wants to incorporate the G and, um, uh, and football, maybe, you know, some way and come up with a logo in 24 hours. That logo was, was made. And uh, it was, yeah, a, a pretty cool, cool story. Now, do you know what that the G actually stood for? You know, a lot of people think it stands for something else. Okay, so since you're saying that, I'm guaranteeing you it's not Green Bay. Well, it actually is Green Bay, was Green Bay, but Vince had a double meaning for it. He wanted to incorporate the G for two, two things. And obviously, one is is Green Bay. I'm not asking you to Google. I'm just asking, do you know? No, I don't. Oh, great, I, greatness. Oh, yeah, great, I like it. Yeah, yeah, that's where that came from. But John Gordon, he died Saturday. He was 83 years old, and I talked about this on the show yesterday. And it, and it bids, you know, you know, talking more about it. That uh, you know, he he's the guy that uh, was the assistant equipment manager. And uh, he died Saturday. He was a longtime Green Bay uh, resident. He actually was a teacher at Parkview Middle School there in Ashwaubenon, right down the street from the stadium. And then he later became a professor of art at St. Norbert College there in Green Bay, his alma mater. Yeah, and he designed it. 
You know, 1961, he designed the G for the logo for the Green Bay Packers. And uh, so sad day today in Green Bay. Today uh, was his funeral. It was earlier today. So, um, but anyway, back to what I was saying, that it's going to be weird seeing the Packers play in Allegiant Stadium here in Vegas. So I may have some flashback moments for that one. And I kind of do as much as I really don't care for Aaron Rodgers. I shouldn't say I don't care for him, but, you know, I've talked a lot about that. Uh, to see Jordan Love, I don't know. It's just the Packers would have a real shot of winning that game. You know, even though they're 2-2 two and two right now, coming off a real bad performance last week. I don't know. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that the Green Bay is going to easily win this game. The Packers are a one-point favorite in this game on Monday night. But you figure the Raiders have got to play a little bit better. And will Jimmy Garoppolo play? Here we are, Wednesday, right? First day back, these guys are back. Practice today, no word. And we heard Josh McDaniel say on Monday, well, Jimmy Garoppolo's in the same place or position that he was last week. That's weird. That means this concussion is more serious than maybe what we thought it would be. For him not to be cleared yet, I fully expect him to be clear, but if he's not, then we already know the answer that Aiden O'Connell is probably going to get the start, even though that Brian Hoyer was brought in to back up Jimmy Garoppolo, who knows the system, who has familiarity with this offense, and especially with Josh McDaniels, the head coach. But yeah, a little strange that you know Hoyer didn't, didn't get the shot. So will they come back with uh, Aiden O'Connell? The fourth year, or rather, I'm sorry, the fourth round pick of the rookie out of Purdue. So that'll be interesting. But Packers and the Raiders coming up on Monday Night Football. So we'll be broadcasting the show from Slice. Uh, get your tickets for the Raider indoor tailgate party. And like I said, I've got free tickets for you to come and enjoy free food and drink at Slice of Vegas on Monday. Just hit us up at 702-221-7283. So what a weekend it's going to be here. At Michelob Ultra Arena, game one Sunday, the Aces taking on the New York Liberty. That'll be fantastic. This needs some more attention, though. All right. We know that this is the final that everybody wanted to see, the top two teams in the WNBA. And again, if you're still one of those people that are kind of just not paying attention to the WNBA, I, I, I just don't get it. I don't know why, but again, this is your home team, the Las Vegas Aces, the defending champs, the best team in the league this year, the defending champs, the best team last year, and they are the number one seed, and they're playing another superstar-laden team. Now, everybody wants to say these. this is the battle of the two super teams, and I, I try to stop people when they say that. The Las Vegas Aces are not a super team. Okay, A super team is a team that is constructed be outside of your organization, outside of your draft picks. That would be the New York Liberty. They're the only super team. Okay? The Brooklyn Nets super team. The, you know, to a certain degree, Philadelphia 76, you know, those teams that you're building upon. Okay? New York Yankees super team. Okay? When you're buying free agents and that, that sort of thing. The Las Vegas Aces are not a super team. The Las Vegas Aces came here from San Antonio with a number one draft pick that played one year there, and that was Kelsey Plum. Asia Wilson was drafted at the very first 
player drafted by the Las Vegas Aces, number one overall pick. So she joins Kelsey Plum. The following year, you have Jackie Young, number one overall pick drafted by the Las Vegas Aces. This team is homegrown, so to speak. All right. Very similar to the way the kind of the Knights were, except that was an expansion pool put together. But again, the Aces probably more so than, than even the Knights that they drafted these players and then they picked up a free agent in, in Chelsea Gray, you know, a, a couple of years ago, but she's been here now long enough, three years. All right. Candace Parker signed as a free agent this year, but Candace Parker hasn't played. She only played 20, less than 20 games, less than 15 games to be, to be accurate. All right. The New York Liberty, Brianna Stewart signed as a free agent from Seattle. Courtney Vandersloot signed as a free agent from Chicago. John Quell Jones came over in a trade from Connecticut, who was in the finals last year, lost to the Aces. All right. Really the only person of any significance that they drafted was number one overall pick three years ago, Sabrina Inescu. That's it. Everyone else came from, from somewhere else. Stephanie Dolson came from Chicago with Vandersloot. So, so that's a super team. And this is why Advantage Aces, even though the Liberty now have had 40-plus games underneath their belt, they start off very slow, all right? They start off very slow in games. They don't have the chemistry the Aces have. The Aces have the best record. They have the home court advantage. They're the number one seed, all right? You've got the narrative about the MVP, who should be the real MVP, Asia Wilson or Brianna Stewart, all right? That's going to get talked about. The television ratings will be off the hook, off the chain on ABC and ESPN because the WNBA has been garnishing great ratings. So again, if you haven't been watching it or going to games or watching on television or listening on the radio, you should. It's great basketball. It really, really is. This is not the WNBA of 27 years ago or even 15 years ago. The Aces are trying to become the first team since the 2000 and 2001 LA Sparks to go back to back. Shows you how much balance and parity is in the WNBA. Think about that. Over 20 years, this has not happened. Now, let me tell you about the star power that you're going to see because the numbers that I'm going to quote to you right now, they've never added up like this before in WNBA history. This series is like no other. The 10 starters from both teams, the Aces and the Liberty, have combined to win five MVPs, three finals MVPs, two Defensive Player of the Year awards, two Rookie of the Year awards, three Most Improved Player of the Year awards, two Sixth Player of the Year awards, a total of 31 All-Star appearances just from these two starting fives. Think about that. 31 All-Star appearances. And these are not players that have been in this league for 12, 15 years. We're talking about Asia Wilson, six years. Brianna Stewart, eight years. All right? Sabrina Escu, three years. Chelsea Gray, eight years. 22 All-WNBA appearances. 14 All-Defensive appearances. And none of this has counted Candace Parker, the future Hall of Famer, who's out with the injury. You want to add Candace Parker to this mix? Then can almost double all that because she's surefire Hall of Famer, first ballot. Five of the last six 
MVP winners are in this series. Think about that. Asia Wilson has won two of them. Brianna Stewart has won two of them. John Quill Jones has won one. Yeah, you're right. Should be three. But that stat would still apply then. You know, five of the last six winners are in the series. So just FYI, how good a basketball this potential five-game series is going to be between the Aces and Liberty. It's going to be that good. And it starts Sunday, game one. It's so good that it's sold out. The three games sold out of games one and two, sold out in less than 20 minutes. And then game five sold out about two hours later. That's how good this series is going to be. Game one, Sunday, 12 noon. Game two, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Then games three and then four, if necessary, on the road, Barclay Center. Now, we talk about Mandalay Bay. Michelob Arena is fantastic. I can tell you that the Barclay Center is just as crazy, just as loud. Uh, they got a great fan base. And the Liberty have not had a lot of success. But they have a rabid fan base. The Liberty had been good before, but they never won a finals. Never won one. All right? And that's why they constructed this team, so they can compete with the Aces. But as you know with the Knicks... And the Nets, when those teams are good, those fans show out. And at the two games that we went back there to play in that building, it was rocking. I can only imagine what it's going to be like come a week from Sunday for games three and then four if necessary. Uh, that place will be jam-packed and probably have more fans. They will. They'll have more fans because they have a bigger building. They have a building that seats 17,000. All right? So that building will be jammed there and the Michelob Ultra Arena sell uh, 10,300. And that's already sold out. What an atmosphere. If you're fortunate enough to get a ticket or you already have one, congratulations. It's going to be something special. And how about if the Aces do win it? It goes five games and the Aces win it here. That party, that celebration is going to be fantastic. But the Aces are, are still the favorite, even though they split the regular season series two and two with the Liberty, both teams winning on their home court in decisive fashion in all four of those games. The Liberty did win a game here in the Commissioner's Cup, but it didn't count in the regular season, but still counts. They played five times. Liberty defeated the Aces three out of five. Uh, both these teams want to win. Both of these teams and coaches are sick and tired of hearing about the other team. Even though you got Becky Hammond and Sandy Brondella, two coaches, Hall of Fame coaches, um, that... Uh, they're very respectful towards each other. They both want to win badly. So looking forward to it all starting on Sunday. You have more breaking news for me? I do. I, I was wondering if you have heard anything. The WNBA about expanding? Oh, to San Francisco. Um, not official. I know. It's the, well, they're making an announcement tomorrow. Well, about the it. Warriors are expected to announce that they are bringing a WNBA team to San Francisco. So a press conference is is coming tomorrow. Um, again, you're going to have another expansion team coming, so they want to expand to 12 or to 16. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, expand to 14 or 16. So there's 12 WNBA teams right now. So I would expect two more coming. Um, and I know I can tell you that Denver is more than likely coming. At least Denver wants a team. Yeah. And they have had meetings with Kathy Engelbrecht about that. So we'll see how that goes. So now if they do that, yes, do they do an expansion draft? Oh, Just like the NHL yeah. did, and they'll bring in yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't know exactly how to be formatted, but it'd be relatively similar. To, same thing that what the W, what the NBA did when they expanded, you know, yeah. a while back, in which we're expecting them to expand, expand again. again, probably two to more teams, Vegas and Seattle, you know, maybe within the next four years, I'm thinking with that. So yeah. Yeah. And that's a good thing for the WNBA to expand. And, and what's really good. And I like where they're going with this. You need more of the West Coast teams. So that's why I I would love to see, and people in Sacramento would love to see Sacramento get their team back because yeah. they had the Monarchs, and the Monarchs were great. They won a championship, you know. So they, you know, but San Francisco, they got the facilities and they got the ownership group that has bought into this, you know. So now, if they do two more West Coast teams, mm-hmm. can you basically do what the what, what the end what the NBA does and do East West playoffs? I would imagine, yeah, you you, you know get, what I'm saying. You get to and, and get rid of yeah. the one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. seven, eight. Yeah, because that's the way the WNB used to do it. Yeah, they need to get back to that. Yeah, you're yeah, but because it's not completely balanced, that's why yeah. that's that. But I would look for a 16 team expansion. So four teams, I think, would expand. And I know Sacramento would li- like to get back in the mix with that as well too. Not saying that all four would be, you know, West, but uh, I think Denver in in San Francisco uh, definitely. Uh, or in the mix of happening. All right, we come back. We'll talk a little WNBA with the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright. That and more on this Wild Wednesday. Cartwright! 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 He yelled Cartwright. I missed that. Who's Cartwright? I'm Cartwright. You're not Cartwright. Of course I'm not Cartwright! As we know, right? Only one. Where is that mask man? Where is that Lone Ranger? The big seven-footer. Big Bill Cartwright. What's going on, brother? Today, I am actually hanging in our town. I'm in Sacramento. Whoa! Uh, Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, my wife... uh, Ended up getting uh, COVID, oh, so no. we're we're stuck. Oh no, no, no! You should see the look on Numchuck's face. He's going, stay away, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she's she's upstairs getting her rest right now, and uh, and unfortunately, that means I have to do the chores around the house, yeah. which, as you know. That does not excite me. Yeah. You got to do the chores. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen you do any manual labor whatsoever. No, I don't do stuff in the house. I'm usually gone. You know, I'm, I'm gone by 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm out of here. Uh, so, uh, tell you what, man, I, I need some weeds pulled. I need some landscaping. Can, think you could come over and, and help me out a little bit? I'll, I'll, I'll pay you top dollar. No, see, and this is where you and I, I don't think we disagree, but this is where I make a phone call. Yeah, right. There's, there's people that do that, especially now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm a basketball guy. I'm in the gym. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm making passes. I'm giving directions. I'm, uh, you know, trying to help win some basketball games and make players better. That's, uh, that's outdoor activity. Mm-hmm. Now, all that stuff ended, as you know, my dad was a farm laborer. That ended when I was a teenager. 
all over. That's that's why I played sports. This is true. This is true. Yeah, give give me uh, give me off give me off that ranch and give me into the gym. So uh, uh, people ask me, uh, how did you uh, become a good shooter? I'm like, um, well, I, I didn't want to go and uh, work work on the ranch. <laughs> I stay in the gym. I did not go. You do. You do. Got a little farmer cart right in you. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want it, but uh, um, you know that's that's what we did when we were kids. You know, pick tomatoes, uh, hold sugar beet fields, which a lot of people don't know what that is, and and thank goodness for that. Uh, basically, you're chopping weeds for it. A good eight hours in Sacramento weather, mm-hmm. which is over a hundred degrees. So, right. uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's fine. It's, it's, it's tough work. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually lucky to have that, that base to know that that's not what I want to do. But, uh, but I did go, go through that. And I, I got to tell you what, if you could do that, you could do anything. No, I'm with you on that, but I, I've probably done a little more manual labor than you have just because, uh, especially like when I was living in Green Bay, I mean, a lot of yard work, snow blowing. A lot of people don't know that about me. They just think that, you know, I'm like you, okay, I'm going to pay somebody to do that. Uh, no, I, again, if I want something done and, you know, get it done, but I started to pull some weeds this morning and I said, you know what? Like Numchuck says, "F math." I said, "F this." <laughs> let me <laughs> let, let me call somebody. That's it. This you know, I've I've had enough of it, you know. So, but no, I, I'm I'm okay with that. A lot of people think, don't think, oh, you know, like get your hands dirty and this and that. I have, I, I I really have, you know, time and place. But right now, I'm kind of leaning towards where you're going. You know, make a phone call. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the rest of it, it's like a self-inflicted room. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to uh, get yourself out there, yeah. you can enjoy your life, man, and, and try, try to employ somebody. Those are about a couple bucks. Let them, throw some, let them pull some weeds. <laughs> Cut it down. Come on. Nubchuck, you available to uh, come pull some weeds? <laughs> come on, you can use some extra dollars. What's the deal? <laughs> hey. Wow. And it's not like it's, uh, you know, 70 degrees out there unless the weather's cooled down. I mean, you guys don't have the uh, weed pulling weather. So, uh, you know, it's... It's nice right now. Actually, Cartwright, it's 83 right now. 83, but this morning it was like 70. Yeah, it was was, was nice. It was nice. nice. Hey, uh, here's a shout-out for you. Uh, You you wouldn't believe what Numchuck is wearing today. Uh, I think we've converted him. I, I don't know what's happening. He's wearing his... His Sac City Panther hat today. Oh wow! Yeah, Sacramento City College. Yes. Wow. I don't know where you got that hat, but uh, Jerry Weinstein would be very happy for that. And uh, some of those great Sac City Panthers. Chris Basio be very happy. Former Panther Greg Vaughn be very very happy. Former Sac City Panthers. Larry Ball very happy. Yeah. Yeah, very very shocking. Yeah, Numcha. I don't know. I mean, one day he's sporting your number twenty four USF Don's jersey, and then today, I I think just hanging around us, man. It's a, uh, you know, we we got some sack town in the boy. 
I think it's the first Sacramento City College uh, uh, hat I've seen in in Las Vegas, and you own it, Numchuck. Outstanding. All right, seven footer. We, we, you know, what we got going this week. I really thought that you might be making the trek out here, man. I thought you might want to attend game one of the WNBA playoffs because I know how closely you watch the league, you watch the aces, and it's playoff time, baby. It's finals time, and you love the finals. I do, I do love the finals, but uh, but, but I do have a friend of mine who, who definitely has a bone to pick with him. Okay. Now, this friend you know really well. Oh, boy. Uh, Del Campo High School, of course. Of course, went to the University of Texas. Oh, no. Uh, oh, yeah. Danielle. Played, played for, that's right, played for the Monarchs. He is now an assistant coach for the Sparks. Correct. I had an opportunity to talk to her today. Oh, no. Okay. Did she, so, she has, did she you, tell you, you that she's. I called her one single time, and she's a shock. What are you talking about? I saw I saw her four times this season. I saw her twice in LA. I saw her twice in LA on her home court. I saw her twice here in Vegas. Uh, we talk. Her husband even came up to me and and took a selfie with me. You know, before the game, and we actually took pictures. Here, do I need to send you the pictures of me and Viggs? Well, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I just want to know that you have a uh, expert, WBA expert, basketball expert, professional player, and you have not called her. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Since the last time we spoke, so now, I, what is the deal with you? What is what's the deal? You're saying that I, mean, I should, should interview her? Okay, I should interview her about the Aces and the Liberty because she's with the Sparks and they're sitting home right now. Never made the playoffs. I'm just. I'm just saying that you you can't have a better expert and, and better person on your show. Oh, she's nails. There's no question about that. Matter of oh, fact, she, yeah, but you're, why why has she not been on, on your show since last time we spoke? What I'm just saying, what is it? Did she do something to you? I mean, what is the deal? You can't get a better expert tonight. You got the finals coming I, up. I could have sworn. Okay, I know you're, you, you're doing this again because you did this a few months back. What am I doing? You you're trying to. To, to egg me on here to get me, you know, whatever to say I, I blew it or something. But then I know she's listening because see, you, you guys concocted this whole thing where she's probably listening right now. And Biggs, if you're listening, then you're going to have to call in and we're going to have to call you and, and get you on. Is that what you want me to do? Is, is this what you guys, because this I'm is exactly what happened a few months do. ago. That's what happened. I'm saying that's, I'm saying that's the least you could do. This, this is an amazing source right now that you refuse to tap. Okay. I there's only one reason is that something happened. Now something bad has to happen for you not to have this, this source who's in our hometown, this amazing person, and it's not even on your show. So I don't get it. And she's in, and she's in the Hall of Fame. That's right. That you help her in. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's it. That's all I'm saying. But I've had her, I've I'm had saying. her on I'm before. I don't. I don't. I'm not pulling this stuff. And what are you? Are you her agent now? I mean, what, what you, what's going on here? Somebody's got to be. All right. Somebody's got to be. We'll get her on the. I, I guarantee she's probably oh, teaching oh, somebody oh, a crossover oh. dribble or something right now. That's what she's doing. She's probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or she's listening right now, and now she's probably not going to pick up the phone because she's listening, saying that oh no, Bill's embarrassing me again. That's what's happening. I'm, I'm, I'm just We're calling. trying to help you. We're calling her. We're calling her right now. Now, if she doesn't pick up, then okay. But I will have her on. I'll definitely have her on. Me, you don't spring that on me just like that in the middle of an interview or a conversation. Come on, man. 
No, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just confused. That's all, and I'm sure, and I'm sure your audience is very confused right now too. Uh, yeah, they're, yeah, everybody's they're, confused. They're confused. They're going to say, "Why is Cartwright doing this to you? Why is he bringing this, uh, this stuff up? He doesn't need to be bringing stuff up." I mean, that's it. I mean, I, going to bring it out. Viggs is a is a, is a very close friend. I've had her on the show. I'll have her on the show again. You know, on a scheduled you time. I scheduled you today. Off. I scheduled you today. Excuse me. All right. <sighs> Do you want to I'm give up? Saying, you want to give up your spot? The last, time, the last time she's been on, the last time she was on is when we did that, yeah. and then you refused to have her, and you told me refused to have her on all the time. Right. You've had the whole season. Okay, you've had her on. Well, she's been busy. She's season. been coaching, man. She's coaching. She didn't have time to do a lot of interviews. All right, so enough of that nonsense. All right, all right. Uh, back to you. I asked you about well, how come you're not coming to the finals? Oh, because you got a babysit. That's right. All right. That's right. <laughs> I guess I guess somebody went COVID in my house. What do, you, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Well, that, you want to go to the park? Yeah, I want you to escape. You need to get as far away from her as possible so you don't get it. That's the whole mo. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't sit there and and uh, cuddle up next to someone sick. You get as far away as possible. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's going to sound very well. I've been married <laughs> for forty years, and we've been at home by themselves with COVID. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, I am sure that she's going to be doing fine, just watching TV and drinking her fluids and recovering. You know, by herself. I'm sure she's totally fine with that, and I'm sure she'd say, "Yeah, I don't. I don't want you to get COVID, Bill." I can hear her saying it right now. So you got a, you know what you got? You got a hall pass. You got a free pass. And here's what I could do for you, my friend. I could get you into the Aces game on Sunday. I can get you to the Raiders tailgate party with me at Slice of Vegas. All right. All you can eat, all you can drink and Raiders Packers Monday night. You can't beat that. And you got a free pass. You have a free hall pass to get away and you, and you could. Be at the finals in Monday Night Football. Now you tell me what's wrong with that picture. What excuse do you have for not making it? Yeah, it's not an excuse. It's just what I told you before. I don't think that's going to look too good. Especially to my kids. Hey, all you love mom and home, and uh, you know she's sick. Listen, don't worry about it. You go. You you go and have a party. Oh, now I, I don't know what flies in your house. I'm sure that's not going to go with your your wife. It's definitely not going to go with your daughter. You, you're going to take a, a butt chewing on for that. So, you got a so, lot of built-in babysitters over there. I mean, you got kids. You got you know aunts, uncles. You got everybody. You know, and I'm sure if, yeah. if I if if you put Sherry on the phone and I asked her that, she'd probably say. Sure, go ahead. And you know I'm right about that. That's why you won't put her on the phone. You want me to put Viggs on the phone, but you won't put your own wife on the phone because you know darn well she'll say, hit the road, Jack. I don't care. I can't put her on the phone right now because one day she's sleeping. She's sleeping. She's sleeping after that. Yeah, there you go. um, She might be better by Sunday, too. Think about that. Today's Wednesday. She'll be better by Sunday. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, but uh, I don't think that's going to fly too much in my family. I don't think that's going to look too good. All right, man. Who now? Who who do you like here? Who do who do you like in the series? And uh, if you had an MVP vote, who would it be? Would it be Asia Wilson or Brianna Stewart? Well, we know who was the MVP of, of the year. What's what was wrong with the season? Brianna Stewart had. What was wrong with her? Did she have a bad year? No, she had. A, she had a great year. She had a very good year, but her year wasn't as good as Asia Wilson's, and you know that. That's all I'm saying. 
What difference does it make? Didn't Asian win last year, the last two years? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She won, she won two of the last three years. Okay, so what does that have to do with it? So are you with of the, the WNBA? Sorry. Well, let's spread the wealth a little bit. No, come on, man. What are you trying to say here? Who's the best player this year that you saw? Who's the best player in the league? Who, who had the record-breaking season? Who scored 53 points? Who had more uh, more rebounds, points, uh, assists, and steals between the two? We know the answer. Who was the defensive player of the year? And you're a basketball player. You play in the paint. You did play in the paint. You know defense goes a long way here. I mean, come on. Two ways? There's no question. I'm just saying that, look, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, she, you know, she, she didn't win this year. Get get over it. The only, the only thing that we, you should be worried about, and I know you are, and I know that you're coach, and I know that she's worried about, is winning another championship, which is the bottom line. Right, sure. So, uh, you know, unless, unless you're getting a... a um, you know, five hundred thousand a million dollar bonus. Uh, I, I really don't think that she really cares. Oh, 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 are you kidding me? Of course, of course they care. I mean, you, you wouldn't they care if you were if you were. I'm not going to use the word robbed, but if you felt you deservedly so, and you got edged out, and you had some ham and egger that voted you fourth, okay, and then you end up third. No, you would be a little upset. You would be a little upset. Now, come on, man. I you know I know. You know, come on, man. I just asked you a question. I asked you, who would and you I vote did, for? If I, you had, you haven't given me an answer. You're skirting around over here, Mister Vanilla. Who give me the who's the MVP? You saw enough basketball in this league. Whoever, whoever won the MVP. What I'm trying to help you with. It doesn't matter. Who's going to win the championship? That's what you should be asking me. I, I did. It was a two-part question. It was a two-part question. Who do you like in the series and thoughts on the MVP? But since you're going to skate over the MVP conversation, go ahead. Who, I, break I it down. Over. Who do you like? I said, I, I said whoever, went, whoever won, won. Because it's not as important as who's going to win the championship. All right. Who do you like in the championship? Well, you got you got you to like the uh, champs. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody can decision a champ. So they're, they're they're the people that that's the team that has to get beat. And uh, so far, uh, you know, they obviously should obviously be the favorite. Uh, this year was only, um, you know, a four team. Uh, there was four team. What? Am I right with this? There's four teams over 500 this year. Did I read that? Yeah, yeah. Four teams. Yeah, but there's only oh, there there's only go. 12 in the league, my friend. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter. There's only four of them are over 500. So, uh, you know, the top two. My goodness, right? The top two teams with the with the most wins. They're in the finals. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Now, now that's what you should be concerned about. Win another championship. The rest of that stuff is going to work its way out. So uh, let's let's focus about that. And uh, obviously, the Aces should win, uh, barring something crazy happening, like somebody having a crazy series, foul trouble, injury. Uh, it stays on pace. Uh, just win home court, and you got another championship. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Uh, yeah, there you go. You, you gave me absolutely nothing there. I mean, you're say, you're okay. You're, you're pretty. You're pretty. What are you talking about? I, I, I gave you every single answer, but I'm not the ones you wanted. I mean, you said the Aces are going to win. I mean, that's that's it. That's your prediction. There it is. Four or five? What are you predicting here? No, I, I think it's going to go to five. Okay. Yeah. Uh, both these teams have dominated the other on their home court. That's pretty much what, what, what has happened here. And it's going to be two I great mean, great atmospheres. It's going to be electric. Uh, hopefully you'll be watching you know, from from your home there. In whether Sacramento or, or, or San Francisco. And uh, did you get the breaking news today? Actually, it's going to be tomorrow. All right. Did you say you're heading back to San Francisco tomorrow? Yeah. All right. Tomorrow, the Warriors are holding the press conference to announce that they are going to have a WNBA team in San Francisco. What do you think of that? Yes. I, 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 I did hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's. I think that's awesome. You know that I I love the uh, WNBA. I, I love women's basketball. I think they're amazing athletes, fun to watch, and uh, you know, yeah, and that's going to be good when we come to SF. Uh, we can uh, get out, get a little snack, maybe go to Original Joe's. There you go. This this time we'll make a reservation. N- Numchuck is handing me this 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 thing here. Uh, Numchuck, this is. There is an anniversary coming up. Coming up? Coming up. Oh, I thought you were telling me there's an anniversary today. No, not today. On the 12th of of October. October. Yep. Okay. Uh, It it involves Mr. Cartwright. It sure does. Well, he's not going to know anything about this. I bet you he will. You think so? I bet you he will. Okay, you got an anniversary coming up. Let's see. Uh, 1979, October the 12th, 1979. Does that uh, date ring a bell to you at all? Exactly. Thank Zero. you. Thank you. I can say, I can, I can you. Why do you think he's going to remember a, a, a certain game that he had? Why do you think he's? Because it should be like embedded in his brain. Where that, did you come up with this? This isn't like a championship game, a finals. This is a regular season game. So he's handing me this on October 12, nineteen seventy nine. Uh, as a member of the Knicks, you took on the Atlanta Hawks, right? In his first ever NBA. Game. Well, you don't have that on here. I, I do you have no. that on the list. Yes. Where? I, you no, I, I don't have that on that list. How am I? I wanted to, to see if he would have known. Ah, oh. your first NBA game was October 12, nineteen seventy nine. There's your enter. That makes a little sense. Forty three uh, years ago. Forty three years ago. Do you remember that? Not at all. <laughs> you know, uh, and 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 I tell you why. You know, because in October of the nineteenth, that's actually my uh, wife's birthday. Yeah, that's a week later. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would remember that because uh, I have no choice. But uh, the twelfth, nah, I don't think so. So that, but that was your very first NBA game you played in. You don't remember. The first time you stepped on an NBA court and and you played your first game after being drafted, first round? 40 years ago. 43, 40 years ago. 43 years ago, yeah. Well, what were you doing 43 years ago? Uh, let's see. I had some tight bell bottoms on, uh, you, you know, at, at Folsom High School. That's where I was at. He had some good stats, well, too. Yeah, so this is your very first game. Do you have any idea? Play along here. Come on, man. We're trying to uh, you know give you some homage here. Some 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 props. Do do you remember what kind of game you had? Do you remember playing the Hawks? 
I, I can't remember the hogs. I, I the don't. Garden. This was the garden, right? You know what? I don't. I don't know. And I don't. And I don't recall that if we had won or lost. Well, you lost. The most you you, you well, lost. There you go. One twenty-one to one hundred four. All right, but you had twenty-two points, six rebounds. You played thirty-seven minutes in your very first game. Not a lot of rookies do that, man. And you were ten for twelve at the free throw line. Ten for eleven. Ten for eleven. What did I say? Ten for twelve. Yeah, ten for eleven. My bad. Ten for eleven at the free throw line. It's pretty impressive, man. You had, you had a great debut. Twenty-two points, six rebounds, thirty-seven minutes, ten for eleven at the stripe. It's impressive. We lost, dude. That's, that's that's probably that's probably why I don't remember it. Mister Humble, that's my guy there. Mister Humble. Nobody, nobody, nobody remembers games that you lost. That's not, that's just something different. If it's your first game, you should remember that. That is like a no. milestone. Maybe the first win. This guy is six. He, I remember the first loss. This guy has five championship rings, so he just glosses over. Anything else, you know, prior to those rings? There it is. I bet you remember your first USF game, or you know, your one of your most memorable USF games. No, I never, no sorry, I'm not remembering things <laughs> from uh, 1976. Okay, listen, I didn't want to yeah, say that you had dementia, but you're scaring me that you might have dementia now. So I'm a little worried about you. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> when you have dementia, you can remember a long-term memory. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just trying to remember what's going on right now and what happened last week. All right, you know what's, happen- what you know what's happening right now. Uh, this show is over, and we're gonna—you've—you've uh, you've killed this segment, and we're gonna go have some food. And you need to attend to, to the beautiful Sherry there, or escape. You know, and she'll say, "Hey, leave me alone. I'm sleeping." And you're gonna go find some grub or a cocktail or a happy hour. That's what you're gonna do. Or you're gonna get ready and watch no. some Major League Baseball tonight. That's what you're gonna do. It's a Major League Baseball. I'm not going to have any flashbacks from 40 years ago. That's true. So, you know, maybe, maybe you guys have run into somebody who was at Camp Lejeune or something. Guys are getting sick or something. Just, I don't know. Just just go tell yeah, your yeah. kids. Hey, by the way, do you, know, do you think, you know, TC brought this up today. He thought it was kind of important. I got an anniversary coming up. My very first uh, NBA my game. Kids? You, yeah, you think it's important? Your kids say, yeah, Dad, my that was kids. cool, man. My, my kids would care less. We're tough with it. You gotta be kidding me. That's true. That's true. All right, man. We gotta roll. I'll talk. I'll talk to you later, man. We'll talk to you here, and uh, we'll let you go. Uh, get back to USF Warriors training camp. Go break up some fights. There we go. Okay, brother. I'll talk there to you go. At least at least one. I'll bring it up. <laughs> talk to you later. Adios. Bill Cartwright. What, what is it with him? You know, he comes on just wants to be honored. All right, there we go. I want to thank Dave Smoke Stewart for joining us. That interview up on the website a little bit later on. And tomorrow we got some more free grub to give away the Raider Tailgate Party at Slice of Vegas. But same part of the show, you know where to go, tcmartshow.com. Have yourself a good one. Jam-packed show coming your way tomorrow, Friday at the Westgate. And Monday Night Football will get you going over at Slice of Vegas. Yeah.